Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Neither Love Nor Money by Michael Ralt yet, but yo. That's my joy! That's my joy! What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life, dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Frushanti, a.k.a. John 316, a.k.a. Papa John, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I speak with musician Liam Meneker. We have an incredible conversation about her music career and her writing process. And just before that, I revisit the one time in junior high school when I was cool. And that's all coming up. But first, how are we all doing today, folks? So glad you're joining me for yet another episode of the pod. And if this is your first time, welcome. Take a seat. My name is Nate. I'll be your host tonight, and this is the part where I ramble. Me, myself, I'm doing pretty dang good thanks to an incredible new release Friday we just had. So many great acts and so many great releases. So many, to be specific, that I still haven't been able to make my way through all of them or give any single one the love and attention it deserves. It's been a long time since I felt this way on a release day. It reminds me so much of back when I used to work at Sam Goody. For you youngins out there, new release drops used to come out on a Tuesday. So one of the best shifts to work at Sam Goody was Monday night. Because you could bust out all of the new releases and open a copy up for in-store play and you could start to dig in on what you wanted to listen to first. And Friday, Friday felt like that to me as I sat at my desk at my Clark Kent day job trying to figure out what it was I wanted to listen to first. So, I started with Mondo Cosmos, This Is For The Barbarians, and this was kind of a cheat to start with because I actually got the vinyl in the mail pre-release, so it wasn't my first time through it. But we just saw them the night before opening for Airborne Toxic Event, and as always, they were absolutely stellar. So, it just made sense to start there and continue that high. Then it was on to Fear of the Dawn by Jack White. You know, it's been a while since something Jack has put out has hit me like this album has. There is a power and energy to it that is so exhilarating and adventurous. And, you know, after those back-to-back adrenaline shots, I decided to mellow out a bit and take in Father John Misty's Chloe in the next 20th century. You know, when an artist attempts a concept like this, I feel like there's a delicate balance that they must hold to not come across as ironic or parody. And to me, he nails it. It feels like the album A Little Touch of Schmielsen in the Night by Harry Nielsen, which I'm going to guess is by design, based on how much Goodbye Mr. Blue sounds like everybody's talking, which, of course, isn't on that album, but Harry is Harry, and I don't think it's coincidence. I finished off the workday listening to the debut release from Wet Leg, and it's my understanding that Chaise Lounge is a polarizing track, which I have zero idea why, because that John is a banger in my book, and the rest of the album is fantastic. It's definitely for me. And there are so many more albums I need to make my way through. You know, I still haven't had a chance to listen to the Linda Lindas or Sid's new one or Vince Staples or Lucius, though 
on that one, I did hear the song they did with Sheryl Crow and Brandy Carlisle, and it is fucking fantastic. So I can't wait to dig in on that one, too. And those are just the ones I was looking for. I can't wait to see what else I missed that came out on Friday. All I'm saying is, it was a good weekend for music, and I am here for it. There was a two-week or so period in eighth grade when I was cool. Let me explain. I was never a dweeb. Okay, at least I don't think I was, you know, so if you knew me back then and I was, please do not correct me if I am wrong. But no, I wasn't a dweeb, but I was never cool. So like no one ever wanted to be me, but also no one ever threw bags of dog shit at my door either, which please note that was a Patrick Dempsey can't buy me love reference. And I want credit for that one. Okay, thanks. But on the cool spectrum, I like to think that I was like middle class. I was I was middle class cool. You know, I could bridge clicks all while not truly living in one or the other. I was like a uh, popularity nomad, if you will, a man without a home. But for around two weeks in junior high, I was cool. And I was cool thanks to Rob Van Winkle. Yeah. Vanilla ice, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see... I've never not been obsessed with music. It was always radio all day until I could rush home and turn on MTV. And then when it was time for bed, I would rush to my top bunk and jump up there and turn on my clock radio and set the sleep timer to 60 minutes. And I would fall asleep to the songs of the day. Uh, A clock radio, I might add, that is literally still sitting about four feet from me right this second. Because I am a hoarder. No, but I loved music completely, and I was always on the hunt for something new to latch on to and call my own before anyone else ever heard it. You know, well, some things never fucking change, right? But at that time, my station of choice was either Q102 or Eagle 106. This was pre-Nirvana setting the world on fire and revolutionizing music, sending all of us into our closets to dig out our flannels and our thermals. But so at that time, in my world, pop reigned supreme and that summer mc hammer's please hammer don't hurt him was all i was listening to coming off the success of the single you can't touch this which i only just learned right this second while writing this up that it only ever reached as high as number eight on the billboard hot 100 a fact that seems like pure make-believe to me because that song was goddamn everywhere that summer but i guess it's true Because the very first hip-hop track to hit number one on the Hot 100 was the song that birthed this story I'm telling you right now. Ice Ice Baby. (coughs) Racism. (coughs) Sorry, (laughs) I had something in my throat there. But... From the very first run of those hi-hats into the under-pressure bass line, I was hooked like a fiend on Ice Ice Baby. It hit me like a Mack truck and made me immediately want to get up out of my seat and collaborate and listen and dance and bum-rush the speaker that booms. That was my John. Almost immediately after hearing it for the first time, I had my parents take me to the Montgomery Mall so I could stroll into the Sam Goody that I would end up working at a decade later to buy that album. To the extreme. I bought the cassette, I opened it up, I put it in my Walkman where it would live uninterrupted. Almost simultaneous to my purchase of that album, Ice Ice Baby blew up and To the Extreme was sold out everywhere. And there was only one kid in the 8th grade of North Penn Junior High 
who had a copy. And that kid was me. So for two weeks, that album was out of stock in all of the local music stores. I was the king of the roost. Popular kids who had never as much said one peep to me were my new besties acting like they were my day ones. I loaned that tape out to everyone because, look, I was the guy who owned to the extreme. Who was I to not bless his subjects with the dope beats of Sir Robert Van Winkle? Was I not a merciful king? Well, you know, it didn't last long. Soon, all the stores, they were restocked, and everyone was able to get their own copies. And so my kingdom fell, and I went right back to my regular, degular, middle-class life. But I had flown so very close to the sun, and I had a taste of the dopamine hit that sharing music with the masses could deliver. So all of this, all of my life's passions... All of it was birthed right there with a hi-hat and a souped-up tempo. My guest today is a singer, songwriter, producer who has in the past two years found her voice while crafting beautiful sonic delicacies. Electronic and R&B in nature, they hearken back to the vocal styles of Nina Simone and Amy Winehouse over a bed reminiscent of Bjork and Portishead. Her sound has been dubbed Noir Tronica, which is a perfect description for the beautifully lush soundscapes she has created in her home studio. She has collaborated with artists like Jay Clay and Raindrops and has been heard all over East Coast radio stations, including iHeartRadio's Alt 104.5 and WXPN 88.5, to name a few. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show Leah Meneker. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Leah Meneker. Leah, thank you for joining me here on Yo, That's My John. Thanks so much for having me. I'm psyched for this. I am very psyched too. You know, um, so I'm I'm a big uh, uh, XPN guy, and uh, you know, I, I actually did hear uh, your latest single, "Losing My Mind," and um, I kind of lost my mind because it's a, not to <laughs> not to be corny, but um, what a fantastic track! I'm so excited to be able to sit here and talk to you about uh, that and so much more today. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, just to start things off, like, tell me a little bit about um, growing up. Like, where did you grow up from? So I grew up in northern New Jersey, about 30 miles outside of New York City. Um, And just a a normal middle class life, I would say. I um, got into musical theater pretty early on. So um, I did that for a long time. That was really like my entryway into the arts. Um, went to school for it and everything. Um, so I would say, yeah, I was really obsessed with musicals. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's one of my, uh, it's one of my, uh, things as well. Uh, what, what, oh. what, um, what, what productions like kind of caught your eye when you, when you were first, uh, kind of getting hooked? Um, well, I can't remember all the way back to when I first started. I know the first the first show I did was Oliver. I was like a little orphan. <laughs> um, but um, when I like really when I got older and like really started getting into it, it was um, probably at first like the the Wicked's and the Rents of the world, the stuff that the the teens 
probably are first drawn to. Um, and then I went to school for musical theater. And I mean, you know, some of my favorite musicals are Hair is an amazing one. Um, I love Stephen Sondheim. And then I got into yeah. like the, you know, the deep tracks of, of musical theater. And um, yeah, but I love I love all of it. Classical musical theater to contemporary. And yeah. That's incredible. You know, uh, uh, as cool as a guy as I am, I have a very, very, very uh, sweet tooth for Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals. Like, it's just, it's, it's so like, uh, it's like cookie cutter and formulaic. And just like, when I think about like, just Mm -hmm. a a perfect production, I think about those, uh, those, those pieces. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I will say though it's it's funny the further I get from doing a musical the more and and just like now being with uh my husband who like didn't grow up with musicals it's funny to to feel that like oh it is a little weird when they break out into song. You know, you just grow up with that and you're like so used to it and then you kind of remove yourself and you're like yeah it is a little strange. Yeah. But um I mean I love it still but <laughs> Yeah, my girlfriend's not a fan and it's like you know we share a lot of stuff um and a lot of geek stuff but the one thing she will not come on board with is people singing and I'm like you love Disney movies and she's like yeah but it makes sense when they sing and I'm like hey, I guess I guess I get your point. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh what kind of music was playing around the house when you were little? Was it musical theater or like, what were your parents listening to? You know, it's so funny because like my parents don't listen to a lot of music. My dad, he only listens to classical. It's kind of bizarre, only classical. Um, and they, I don't remember them playing much music around the house. They did. We did have a piano, which was probably a big part of my growing up. Cause I, before I took le- lessons, you know, later in my like young adult high school life, I would just go over and I mean, start writing my own things and play around with it. I was just really drawn to the piano. Um, and yeah, they, they didn't. So for somebody like myself who is like, was always obsessed with music. Yeah. They never really listened to much. Wow, that's fascinating. That's interesting. I, I can't even remember what they listened to when I was a kid. That's wild. Um, when you were kind of tinkering around on the piano, like were you were you doing uh, lyrics as well, or were you just kind of uh, playing around? I think at first I would just kind of play around, and then um, and then I then I would write some lyrics, probably more like middle school and on and. Uh, very angsty. I look. I look back at some of the songs I like first recorded, and some you know, really basic, like lots of noise place. I don't even know where it was, um, and I I laugh because like one song is called dead called ugly addiction and it's like dead to me you're dead to me now it's like so intense i'm like wow those are some teen angst feelings right there that's Um, heavy uh do do these do these recordings still exist i throw this out at everyone like i swear everyone should like band camp their early recordings and just oh hell yeah they still exist and they're real good they're i put i sometimes i put put them up on my patreon every so often there's one that's like do you remember the cat Jack? It's like <laughs> it's like you gave it to me for my birthday. Um, it's just really 
um, really good. So yeah, I have those. One day, maybe someone will blackmail me and that's awesome. Show them to everyone. That's awesome. Know. That's also my greatest fear too. Like uh, <laughs> I have some, um, you know, and as a, being a teenage boy, I'm sure in 2022 they're wickedly problematic at this point. Um, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, not great. But uh, but yeah, so hopefully <laughs> everybody has lost all of that stuff. Um, what so when you're in middle school and you're playing, um, is is that when you started taking lessons or, or prior to that? I started taking them, I think, like, towards the middle of high school. middle, okay. Yeah, around sophomore year of high school. Um, I took a few years, and then I really kind of just taught myself. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I had, like, a little bit of music theory and stuff in, in school, a little bit of piano in school, but um, a lot of it was just me doing it on my own. Yeah. Um, are, were you, were you um, once you get into high school, writing less angsty stuff at this point? Or um, like, I think, uh, like, I think that was like the heart of the angsty stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe like end of high school into college. I think college, I started to kind of get more into. Um, to less angsty material. Yeah. Know, yeah. Were, were you playing out at all? Like uh, coffee houses or anything like that? Or. I played a couple places, uh, I think senior year of high school, but like just once or twice. It's still very new. Uh, I was mostly doing musicals at that point. Um, yeah. And then in college, I did a few too. It wasn't really until um, after college when I kind of started moving from musical theater more to just songwriting and um, and singing that I, I would play them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Later. Yeah. Uh, what like what were you kind of what was the inspiration around that time? Like what were you listening to when I started playing them out? Yeah. What was I listening to? That's a good question. Um, I was about like maybe twenty one, twenty two, and so I think I was going. I think I was still kind of in a sixties phase. I, I, I love, I still love Joni Mitchell, but, um, she was the inspiration, like the first album I released, which a lot of those songs were written in, um, in early college kind of time. Um, they, they have like a lyrical story kind of Joni Mitchell quality and yeah. Um, heavy so, into her. <laughs> so that, that, that was uh animal behavior then that album. Yes. Or? Yes. Yep. Stripped down. Pretty simple. Yep. So it's really funny. Well, not funny, but telling um, like there's something that I was noticing in those before, like knowing anything more, you know, or doing any of the research that I did um, uh, about you. And I'm like, wow, you know, the, the the lyrics and the piano playing kind of do this dance together that almost feel um, somewhat um theatrical and thematic you know telling a, a story and then when i found out about the musical theater background it was like click oh okay now i get it like um mm-hmm, but you know yeah. there's some really fantastic stuff on that album um did you, so those were things that you had compiled um at that point or did you kind of go in with all of those songs like for that project so that i i recorded that um in 2000 well well the first two of the songs on there i had recorded like way before the album but i'd say most of them were recorded like 2014 or so 
Um, and I, and I had already, basically I was like, I have all these songs and like, I should do something with them. I think it was before people, before streaming really took off. It was like during a time where you, I don't think many people thought they could make a living off of music, you know? So I wasn't like, how am I going to be an artist like full time or anything? I was just sort of like, I should put these on an album. I have so many songs. And so I just found this local, I was living in Colorado at the time. Um, I found this local guy, um, Darren Raddick, I think is his name. He's awesome. I think they still have the studio and they've gotten just better and better with really great rates. And I just was like, here are these songs. Um, if you can, add, I was like, if you can add like anything you hear, maybe um, and it'll be great. I didn't really like think of an arrangement or anything. Um, so he's playing on some of the, like he plays mandolin on Ben and, a few different songs he plays stuff um and i just threw them down and that was sort of like the beginning of i want to do this all the time <laughs> yeah yeah um what so so once you recorded that you know uh like you said it was kind of pre-streaming or whatnot like uh did you did you print physical copies of that um or yeah yeah i printed a whole bunch of physical cds that i later ended up bringing on tour with me and um yeah i think i still have a bunch of those somewhere yeah uh that's yeah. so cool where um like uh what, what what was that uh kind of tour situation like uh for you like so the tour situation was about four three years after i released three four years after i released that album um or maybe like two three and I a whole it was like a whole different situation. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I was doing working for the CDC, doing something not music related. It was the first time I was not involved like in the arts for my sort of career adult life. Um, and I just felt like dead inside, so I was like, I want to, I want to go pursue music. And at that time, I think people were like, you know, we're actually doing it. So um, I came up across this opportunity um, where someone was like, I can help book a tour for you, and he did just that. And I, I was m moving out of Atlanta, so I had like two. I planned it so that I had two months to just, you know, tour before I moved um, to Philly. Actually, it was right before I moved to Philly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I toured around, like, I think it was 50 different cities. I went across the whole country. Um, and it was the most amazing experience. It was actually the, the, the time I realized I was like, I think I can do this. Like I was so nervous, you know, I'd never performed that much for that many different crowds and, um, to prep for it. I, I created like, that's when I got Ableton. That's, that's like the start of my producing. I wasn't really producing much. I was just like kind of getting a beat and a little something so that I wasn't just, you know, when I went into a, a loud bar or something, I had a little bit more, you know, oomph to my sound, but, um, I prepped it all. And then I, I went on tour and I was, I met so many cool people and, found that I was like helping people more than I was at the CDC and, you know, which is the leading health organization of the country. So I was yeah. like, maybe I should do that. Maybe people are responding to this. I should say um, more than they are responding to my work at the CDC. So yeah. So that was an amazing experience. It was like, yeah, I should be doing this kind of experience. 
That's incredible. What um so so you you had the backing track and all. What were, what were you taking um piano wise to play? Just uh keys. Oh my or? god. I had I I've sold it since. I had the heaviest full 88 key Artoria key lab MIDI controller hooked up and I would hook it up to my um laptop. And I had a, I still have, I still use this uh, portable PA that kind of you put together like, like a jigsaw puzzle, boom, 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 and it's ready. And I think that was it. Yeah. Those three things. And I think I lost like 10 pounds just carrying that. Just carrying that <laughs> Darn. Yeah. And the case was like t- an extra 10 pounds. It was like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That's awesome. What, um, did, what are, what are some highlight venues that you played on that tour? Any, 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 uh, uh, happening places or hi yeah so I fell in love with this little place in California uh, I'm sorry see it was um, about like 40 minutes north of Seattle I want to say I might be getting the direction wrong but just outside of Seattle um, it was this little like motorcycle bar oh shoot I forget the name of it offhand um, but um, it was like this intimate crowd of 15, 20 people, um, just intently listening. Um, some guy came up and was like, I'll, can I play piano and have you sing on something? And he just like play, I don't even remember what we sang, but it was just <laughs> such a like cool connecting crowd. And afterwards they're like, do you have a place to stay? Do you have food? I mean, they were just so cool. They're like, let's, let's get you in touch with other people. So when you come back here, we can do um you know like house concerts and of course i, I realized later like oh it's gonna be hard to get back to all the way to seattle but yeah. um it was a really cool place gosh i have to remember the name of that um that was one of them another one would be let's see um i really enjoyed the first place i played was Van Gogh's ear in New Jersey, Union, New Jersey. I hope they still exist. You never know with COVID, but um, that's a cool little like coffee place and nice little built-in crowd. And New Jersey, I had some friends come, and it's a cool little place. Um, but yeah, there were a bunch of of, of cool places. Yeah, uh, that's cool. The um, uh, you know that kind of that kind of tour life. You were you you also did some touring productions, musical theater, right? So like, do you like the road? Are you a are you a, a road dog, as they used to call it? I do. I for a while, I like even just moved around every couple of years. I just like moving and being on the move, and um, I just like the how when you're traveling or on the road, like every little thing excites you every like you're always on your toes you're always appreciative of everything you connect with people in a different way you know when you're at home you kind of just like i'm doing my thing and it's easy to kind of get in a rhythm and not you know open up your eyes so i do love it but you know the older i get the more i'm like it's good to build i appreciate having a real community in philly now you know yeah which is nice too so Definitely. The, um, you know, so you said you started kind of, um, using Ableton around that point and all, um, is, is that kind of where the kind of, I, I don't want to call it growth cause I feel like that's the wrong word, but the, 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 um, shift in sound, um, from, let's say from animal behavior to losing my mind kind of, you know, gets more 
um, production. Like it gets more like I can tell you're in the lab, like cooking instead of just I wrote this song and here's a representation of this song. It's like yeah. here's something something sonic that I have put together. Yeah, I would say there's two moments of major growth that I can think of. The first was, this is cool. This is also something like because I teach voice lessons that I, I find try to find a way to like bestow onto my students. I guess is like f- when you're trying to find your sound, right? It took me being on the road and playing all these songs to like f- to find my sound. And during throughout playing all these shows. I, I just, I, it would just start to come out. I, I, yeah, I think, I don't even know how else to explain it. So that was the turning point where I got more of this, like people compared to like Amy Winehouse, a sort of like jet, almost like, um, it's, it's still expressive, but a little bit more like R and B meets pop kind of sound. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of stuck. Um, so yeah, if anyone is listening to this and like exploring their sound, I feel like, just doing it over and over sometimes, right? Um, yeah. That. But that was a major piece of growth for like where I wanted to go with my sound. Then the next part was the start of the pandemic. So I, I've been producing, I'm a relatively new producer. It's so funny to think about because it's like my everyday now. But um, I, the songs on my first EP, EP as my self-produced EP which came out in 2020 there was like one one or two songs where I you know was like playing with things or whatever but the real growth happened when I realized I I um all right how do I put this so um I realized I wanted to put out more music put out another album but at the same time was in my early 30s feeling this feeling of like I want to pursue music but I also you know, feel like I'm in this new chapter of my life where I want to be around the people I love more. I want to be less obsessed with this like dream I have to fulfill and more like just in the present day of whatever's thrown at me, you know, whatever. I was just feeling this new chapter and these new identity changes and I wanted an album based on that. Um, so with all that, and honestly, the fact that I was like, I cannot keep spending this amount of money to like get other people <laughs> to do my music, yeah. produce my music. I just started playing and I, I started playing. Um, this is also the long answer to your question, by the way, but I <laughs> was on Twitch. I've, I found Twitch um, and I started with people there just like playing with beats and loops and um not thinking too hard, just playing with it all. And that EP was was where I did all that and created these songs and was like, I actually have an ear for this. Okay, I can do this. Like, like people can do this, you know? Like, you don't have to just send it off to someone. Um, and that was the major growth for me. So beginning of 2020, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. Have you, have you uh, entertained the thought at all of taking any of that earlier stuff and kind of reworking it? in kind of the new in the new swimming pool if you will like uh like any of the older stuff or you mean like the older older stuff like teen angsty well oh (laughs) god that too but but no specifically like the animal behavior stuff and the stuff that you you know toured with um 
I have not really like a couple of times. So the the thought becomes like for live shows. Yeah. If I want to do something kind of fun and maybe like create some sort of new live version of it, I think is more what I think about. But then I'm always like, well, let's go to something new. <laughs> and then yeah, I kind yeah. of move on to something. I have so much like material that just exists that's not yet in a song that I'm sort of like, you know, why go back, kind of inspired by the new stuff. Sure. Move forward. I like it. I like it. Yeah. The um the pandemic um it, you know, I feel like um ignited something in the music community um and you know um i've I've told people many people this about how it kind of reignited my love affair with music um completely because um it was like one of the greatest escapes was being able to i don't know log on facebook and see like some of my favorite artists just you know sitting at their kitchen table playing a song or something like that and it what it did uh for me uh and and i'm sure to other people i'm not trying to call ownership on it is it it brought more of a relationship i feel like um with the music and the people making it um you you were talking about um being on twitch like uh what what has streaming been like uh for you uh not just you know um getting your stuff out there but also as a creative kind of creating in that kind of space uh, it's been amazing. I should be honest and say I've taken like a bit of a break because um, for me, I think with during um, when, once the pandemic got crazy and like everything was online, I think I got a little burnt out. Yeah, but I'm I'm actually been like sort of slowly planning coming going back to it. So it's um, it's still going to be there, but um, it's been an incredible way to meet musicians all over the world. Um, I've like, you know, built community through it Um, to, I mean, I've seen other Twitch people collaborating on live shows and songs, which is, which is amazing since I kind of took a break. I'm not quite there yet, but, um, but it's, it fueled my, it's, it, it keeps me creating, which is great. It just, you know, forces me to keep doing it. And as a result, I mean, I was doing things that were really fun. Like, um, one hour streams write a song in an hour and so i just like maybe come up with like a beat or something beforehand and be like all right we gotta do this guys we gotta do this ah all right and as a result i have like you know two songs plus all these loops um just like waiting to be turned into songs that's how losing my mind was originally a it was at the start of the pandemic on twitch oh really um yeah yeah so i have a bunch of those just kind of waiting yeah that's so cool. You, you, um, you know, one of the things, other things I noticed, um, and it kind of, uh, plays into that a little bit, but, um, uh, a lot of collaboration. Like I, I see a lot of, um, collaboration that you're doing. Do you, do you like, uh, work? Cause I'm, I'm kind of, I, 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 my report card when I was a kid, a lot of times said does not play well with others. Um, because I'm kind of like in my own thing, especially when I'm creating, uh, music and stuff like that. But you seem to be very, uh, able to kind of collaborate yeah i think so after making that ep and then a bunch of singles i you know i started to get bored with myself and i was like let's see what you know how how i can collaborate with other people and actually you know a bunch of people i've met through social media i'm like i'm 
I have an accountability buddy now. His name's Jay Clay. Is he's a rapper in Texas, and we every two weeks we get on. We're like, okay, what did you say you're gonna do last week? What are you gonna do this week? You know, what's going on in your music life? Um, and we like, you know, hold each other accountable. And and him and I, you know, released a song together. And I met him through face a Facebook group. Um, and then we we met each other in person at a festival and actually like performed our song together, which was so cool. Um, and then. The thing in the works now is, well, I, I worked with a guy in Italy. He produced a song of mine. Um, he's super cool. One day I have to go to Italy and actually meet him. But um, And then the thing in the works now is a, a this beat maker in, uh, and producer in Brazil. Um, he, uh, I just found him on Instagram and was like, this stuff is really cool. And he's like, collab? So like yeah, we just started a thing now, and I'm super excited about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be real cool. That's real so R&D. awesome. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. The uh, J Clay uh, track "I Can't Do This Without You" is is phenomenal. What so you know you guys are in different locations. What's the process of kind of like you know specific? We'll use that as a specific example. What's the process of kind of putting that together like? Well, that one he had the song actually. He he really wrote the song and then was like, hey. I'm looking for a singer to to do this. Do you want to like be on it? And I listened to it. I was like, yeah, this would be cool. Um, and so I think he came up with, with most of the melody and the lyrics. And then I just added like harm. I came up with all the harmonies and stuff around it. And um, I just added it on, um, on my software, my, in my studio and sent it back to him and, he threw it in his track and that was it. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. It's so cool. We're yeah. in the future. It's like, it's amazing how, how much great uh, art is being created by people who've never even like high fived each other, you know? Like I know it's so, and then there's people that are right in Philly that I feel like I know, like I've seen them in person cause I've seen them on social media and I've even done like podcasts and stuff with them, but I've never met them. And then when I see them actually in person, um, it's like, oh, oh my God, like, I know you. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the weird things, especially like during the pandemic, because like, so, you know, I do all these over Zoom or whatnot. Uh, so I was having like all these great conversations with people and continuing to follow up and email and, you know, message each other, texts and stuff like that. And yeah, and then like uh, realizing like when everything opened up, like, oh, I can actually hang out with these people now. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Did you always do these on Zoom or did you? Use yeah, to do them yeah. Person? I actually oh, started okay. it in the pandemic um, because uh, I, I had a podcast a long time ago that I did with a bunch of friends and um, I'd been wanting to get back into the space, but just couldn't think of what to do. And then watching everybody do live streams, I was like, oh, my gosh, everybody knows how to use Zoom now. So let me just interview them. You know, I can do it from my house and they can be in their house and we, we you know, we yeah. can we can make this happen on, on a timeline that works for everybody. Um, I still have not done a single in-person interview like, uh, and, uh, I, I don't know yeah. that I have to, it's easier right. to edit this way, to be honest. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, so, so in the, you know, in the past, you know, since that EP came out, like, like you were saying, you did, you have released like a bunch of singles and done. I, I just talked to, uh, Jamie in the guarded heart about this. One of my favorite things, music videos, you do music videos. I love yeah. music videos and I love some of the stuff that you've put out. Um, one, one in particular, the, the bubble animated video, who did all the animation for that? Yeah. So that was Robert Bond who is also local to Philly. Oh, no kidding. And yeah, and I was on the search. I, want, I really wanted a um, animator 
I just thought it would be really cool for the song. And I was searching around and like one person, I can't do it, but I recommend this person. I can't do it, but I recommend this person. Somehow I eventually found Robert Pond. <laughs> um, and it was really cool. He started with like the, the little me character. And once we got that right, um, he did the rest and he, you know, did his thing. It was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I absolutely like. I like one of the things I was just uh, saying to uh, uh, Jamie and Morgan in the last episode is like I feel like the music video is a lost art, and it you know it mm-hmm. takes a it takes like a special person to kind of understand, and I think it's just people who like enjoy it. Like you have to enjoy doing it, like yeah. to be able to. But uh, I, yeah. I think it represents your songs very well, um, the way you put it out. But again, I'm going to go back to this the musical theater thing. Like it makes sense that you would enjoy kind of a visual representation of an audio form yeah and then and that's like lately i've been really into um using choreography and dancers because i know because of the theater world i know so many amazing dancers and choreographers and it's like just makes sense to pair up um so i'm hopefully it'll work out i'm working on one for losing my mind that'll hopefully feature one of my friends um, dancing in choreography. So we'll see. <laughs> Very cool. Um, this is a, a, another conversation that I, I, I really enjoy having with people um, that comes up a lot. But, um, you know, uh, you've released a lot of singles um, and you've done an EP. Um, do you believe in the album? anymore like are, are you are you working on an album or do you like because i i don't want to say that albums are antiquated because i don't i believe in the album i'm 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 I'm, a, I'm an old guy so like albums are my everything but um but in the streaming era i don't really know unless you're kind of putting together a complete thought or a kind of overarching story i don't know that it's necessary you know I mean, I believe in the album and I love it. Um, I just don't, I don't believe it makes any sense as like an indie artist trying to build a fan base. You know, I I don't, I, that's the only, like if I had like, if I was like, I mean, Beyonce, yeah, I'd do it. (laughs) I'd do it with an album, sure. Um, Yeah. So I, you know, one day, yeah, I will, I'm sure. But I think that's actually... I think that's actually a really good point that um, hasn't come up is that like for an that in in the indie space, it doesn't necessarily make that much sense. Like, why would you hold back on something when you're trying to get people to pay attention? You know, like it's a it's a struggle coming up with consistent content. So it's like everything I can use as a new piece to show someone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, I, 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 again, you just happen to, um, be a fan of something I'm an enormous fan of. So I'm, I'm coming back to it again, but the musical theater thing, have you thought about doing a musical like, uh, to kind of create your own music piece? I'd be open to it for sure. Um, but it hasn't really like if the right people came to me and was like, we're, I'm thinking of this and it kind of worked out, I would do it. But um, I've just kind of moved away, I feel like, from that world. Yeah. Not, not, that I, not, not that I would have trouble creating for that world, but um, I don't, I, like, I'm not in, in those circles as much, I think. I don't even, I'm not even, I don't even know the musical theater circle in Philly, actually. Oh, all, right. so. yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I recently filmed, I did a, scored a, a play that they turned into a film, and I'm like, I'll score things. I'm ready to score 
like as my lifelong career like i had so much fun doing that <laughs> yeah what um so um you kind of mentioned this a little earlier about kind of crafting things um for it but what so what is what does a live show look like now um you know that that you've mm. done a lot of studio based kind of sounds it's trickier because I'm not happy enough with <laughs> um, just playing keys. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, um, but I just want more sound, and I don't. Um, I don't have a band. I mean, I, I will. So, to answer your question, like eventually, when I play, when I have a show where I really play like all of my songs live properly, I'm gonna hire a band because yeah, that's, I just think that's the best way. Um, but you know, a lot of the shows I do, I'm doing like some covers, some originals, some whatever. So I, I'm trying, I've, I've pushed, I've kind of gone back on the shows a little bit um, so that I can plan a little bit more what I want to do. Um, and I I have a new looper um, that I want, you know, I want to start, I'm, I'm starting to finally learn guitar. So I want to, I want to be able to loop all these instruments. Um, I'm definitely like a vocals person. I love how like Kimbra uses her vocals. And so I actually just ordered, I'm so excited for it. Uh, TC Helicon voice. Uh, no, it's TC Helicon perform VE. So this you can, you can, it's so cool. You can like record any vocal thing, just like an, uh, uh, whatever. And it makes it a sample that you can play those notes that sample oh, really? those notes on your keys yes so i'm so excited to like incorporate that um and I, my goal is to not have i don't even have a laptop anymore my goal is to not use a laptop because i just find it um i don't know it just gets in the way or something goes wrong or whatever and i do have on the other side of my room a um uh, Ableton push, but I don't have a laptop, so I don't know. Um, you know, I'm just figuring out how to use all these things in a live show, and I think that the the vocal looper will be really cool in that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's uh, that's uh, super exciting. Like I I, I love new toys. Like this. So. Yeah, I gotta like kind of folk like hone it in though, because then I'm like, ooh, that's cool, and I can do that, and and it's like, all right. Let's let's actually make this an arrangement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another so not just musical theater, but another one of my my things that I'm absolutely obsessed with that um, I, I am occasionally made fun of for is um, I love Christmas music, and you put out a Christmas single that is fan. Fantastic! It's uh, <laughs> Christmas you. Christmas alone, but together at home. Um, how did that come about? And it even has the word John in it. It there does. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, that came about on Twitch as well. Really? Oh, that was that was one of the write a song in an hours. I mean, I I didn't write that in it. I think I I had like the melody for the for one verse. I had like the melody for the chorus and verse and all written in there. But then I had to go back in and like add stuff and redo stuff and whatever. But um, yeah, so it started on Twitch and actually. A year before I released it and then I, I didn't release it and someone's like you should have released that and I'm like well Christmas is over now but 
it kind of still we were still in covid the next year so i was like i should gotta release a song <laughs> that's right uh, yeah so um i went back in i didn't have much time because i'd like just gotten married and so i was like all right i have like a month to like figure all this out so it, i i probably would have done even more if i had more time but i was it was one of those things i'm trying to be better about it like just release the song you know like yeah. every song has to be like three thousand percent like just whatever release the song <laughs> so, that's awesome it's it's so good. I enjoy it so much. You know, and, and something, you know, you just kind of touched on that. Uh, just I've, I've completely forgot to ask when you're kind of working on this, like how many um, how many vocal tracks are you layering on 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 an average song? Like, uh... oh, it depends on the song. Like some songs like like that song didn't have that. I feel like that many. Right. Um, that Christmas song. But um Losing my mind. I mean, I I did a lot of like percussive and like l- distorted layers and like I mean, I probably had all in all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like ten yeah. different like vocal tracks. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. You know, um, uh, I, I, one of the things I read was um, that, uh, and I don't know if they coined it or not. I had never heard it before, but that XPN referred to your stuff as uh, Noir-tronica is yeah. such a perfect word. Like, it is so perfect. And uh, if they did coin it, you should just steal it and make an album called that or something. Or just, like, it's so perfectly fitting. Like, it's so perfectly fitting. Yeah. That was so cool when they did that. I was like, thank you for that branding tool. I'm going to use that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's so cool. Um, and then you you also um, uh, give lessons as well. Are you still doing that? or? Yeah, I um, mostly I just do vocal lessons now. Um, yeah. But yeah, in my studio, the goal is to eventually expand this. So um, this space, well, I guess listeners don't can't see the space, but. You can just imagine. Um, uh, I like to. Uh, my husband's an architect, so that's a, a nice skill to have. Um, we're thinking of like building like a proper space for like a real studio, separate entrance, and everything. And that way, I can have, you know, more students and more opportunities. And yeah, I really that's, I love teaching. That's cool. Um, have you um, brought any of them in on collaborating on anything, or? Uh... You know, I haven't. Um, but I should. <laughs> yeah, or or yeah. even vice versa. Like, uh, have have you helped them with um, their own? Like, any are any of them kind of intrigued in the uh, songwriting craft or whatnot? Like, uh... yeah, um, yeah. Well, I do have students that um, like writing their first song. Like, I, I teach a little bit of piano, although I'm I'm kind of like cutting that down. But um, some of those students too, you know, writing their first song, and but but they're not really ready for like recording it yet. They're sure they're just you know putting the, piecing it together. But then I I, I run a Patreon page where um, a, a couple of my patrons there are like they do this. They're I mean they're pretty darn good, and um, one of them you know he, he'll share stuff with me every so often. And um, I for a while during the pandemic, I was sort of, um, holding like these monthly little meetings where it's like, all right, um, patrons, let's like share our stuff and, you know, challenge each other on new ways to write and blah, blah, blah. So 
Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, talk about your community a little bit. Like, uh, uh, have, have, when did you when did you start kind of building that? Did that start with the pandemic as well, or? Uh... It was probably around there. I think it's been almost two years. So yeah, um, yeah. The Patreon started when when I was feeling a little burnt out on Twitch, and I I thought I I still I like the idea of like continuously creating and having community around that. But um, I, I needed to be more than just being like live on all the time. Like, I, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and I've loved the Patreon cause I've, I've gotten to share like um, the start through the finish of everything I've done since I started it. Um, so on there, I think losing my mind, like they heard, or was it bubble bubble i i was i went through like the whole from figuring out the idea of it to you know through the whole thing and they throw their input and everything and and then i started something recently called um the vocal sketchbook where i just come up with like a little vocal um doodah that i might not turn into anything but just to like make everyone smile <laughs> um on my like you know phone just record it and then then put it up um so, but I guess that didn't really answer your question. So my community, um, um, probably like a, a few local uh, Philly people, uh, a few people, I think Jamie and the Guarded Heart is on there actually. Thanks, oh, yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I also post vocal tips. So I know, um, they were interested in that. Um, and then a couple of people from Twitch, like kind of followed me over there. Um, and I'm still growing it. I'm growing it. I, I haven't spent enough time like telling people about it. So actually this is good. Hey guys, come check out my Patreon. Um, but yeah, it's probably a lot of like the Twitch community and maybe Instagram, some people from Instagram. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And we'll, we'll definitely, we'll share a link and we'll, 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 we'll send everybody, uh, that way to, uh, to check things out. Uh, but at this time, are you ready to take the jauntlet? Oh my God, I think I'm ready. You think, think you're ready? ready? All right. So uh, these are, you know, two sections that I ask every guest. And uh, um, it starts with the one hit wonders and one hit wonder number one. Who do you got? Billy Joel or Elton John? That's a tough one. But it, I would guess so because you're a piano player. So like you can know, know the intricacies of both. They're both so good. But I think I got to go with Elton John. Yeah. 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 Um, as, as a piano player, like, um, uh, is, is there a, a certain style? This isn't just uh, kind of about Billy Joel or Elton John, but is there a certain style of playing that you kind of, um, prefer? Like, cause Billy Joel is kind of a little more loungy, you know, uh, you know, Elton's a little more kind of flourishy, but, um, what, what, what would you say like your kind of, uh, favorite piano-esque mm. is? I mean, I love Stevie Wonder. Oh, I like God, Elton yeah. John's piano playing. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that man's yeah. left hand was just unbelievable. Like, the, yeah. just how heavy he could ride that bass. It was incredible. I miss that guy. Yeah. Oh, wait. He's yeah. still alive, actually. Wait a minute. What, is he, he didn't pass away. I think he is still alive. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just accidentally killed him on this podcast. If, <laughs> now, by the way, if he passes away before this airs on Monday, I'm going to really look like a genius. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh I hope my that gosh. doesn't happen. Though. I hope that I've Yes, it will not. It will not. Uh, <laughs> uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? I got to go with Joan Jett. Yeah. 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 Oh, she's so yeah. fierce. I love it. I just love her. Yeah. Uh, number three, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? 
I'm going to go with Aretha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every time I go to say to someone that, like, uh, I might have to take this one out because um, everybody picks the same one. They always pick uh, Tina Turner. But, like, everybody, it's Aretha. Look, everybody knows. It's not a secret. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, everyone picks Aretha or Tina? Yeah, everybody picks Aretha. And, oh, okay, and, and, yeah. But anytime that I say that precursor to it, they always pick Tina Turner. So, like, oh. <laughs> Got I think it. they're messing yeah. with me, is what I think. <laughs> uh, next one, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. Yeah. Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't know if this, well, yeah, I guess it will because it's coming out Monday. I always get confused with the dates because of how the future works and stuff like that. But yesterday was the anniversary <laughs> of Kurt's passing. And uh, oh. and I remember, like, um, we're, I don't know how old you were when Kurt Cobain died, but um, uh, it was it was such a weird moment in that like we all felt like oh no music is over like like what yeah. i i never understood when um you know don mclean used to sing uh this will be the day that i you know the the day the music died or whatever um i never understood it until that happened i was like oh i get it now like it, it's it yeah. was um but yeah i feel so. like our generation like specifically i feel like can feel that about nirvana i don't know yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, next one, uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Oh, they're both so good, but I love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. a total goddess. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the next one is the big cliche, Beatles or the Stones? <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of discussions with my husband. Um, I will go with the Beatles. Yeah, on this one is, is, but he a, is he a Stones guy? He's both. I don't even oh, know okay. which one he would pick, but I'm like, I don't. Someone's gonna hate me on this podcast. I'm like, I don't get the whole obsession with the Stones, but then the more he plays me them the more i'm like okay uh-huh, <laughs> so uh-huh. maybe if you asked me this question in a couple of years i'd be like okay he's bringing you over to the dark side i, I get is, it i get is. it i like it <laughs> uh and the last one of the one hit wonders bohemian rhapsody or stairway to heaven bohemian rhapsody yeah yeah <laughs> you know as someone who layers vocals i would hope that that would be your choice um, it's so good yeah I always laugh at the, um, uh, have you heard the, I don't even know if it's a myth or if it's a fact, but um, uh, the story about how um, supposedly the tape you could see through, they recorded so much on top of it. Um, oh that, my God. <laughs> that it went through the metallic, which is uh, just incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my incredible. gosh. I love it. <laughs> uh, the next section is the top 10 countdown. Now, um, you know this, I don't have to tell you, but I like to tell it just for the listeners in case they don't know. You can use John to be whatever you want it to be it doesn't have to be just music so um don't feel constrained by that that's the purpose of the word john that's the purpose of the word john use it however you want as free as it can be uh number one what was your first john what was the first thing you remember being obsessed with as a little kid ah i hate to say it but musicals (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Like, look, yeah. it's a magical world. It, it, I, I often think how much better the world would be if people just sporadically burst into song. Uh, right? Yeah. World peace. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, number two, what's your current, John? What are you into right now? I really love Joy Crooks. Do you know her? I don't. Um, she's got this album called Skin. She's very similar to like an Amy Winehouse sound, but... 
Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Everyone That's go cool. listen to her. I will <laughs> definitely have to check that out as soon as this is over. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? <laughs> I was like six, so I don't even remember it. But um, Bon Jovi, I think, was my first concert. Very nice. Very right, it's like nice. A cool first concert, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I got to say that being from New Jersey, that is the most sensical making thing I've heard in a very long time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Definitely makes sense. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, what was your last concert? What was the last live show you saw? The last show I saw was Arch Palatine at the Grape Room in Oh, Mania. very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I love that. That's, he's that's awesome. That's, that's my favorite spot right there, the Grape Room. Like, it's just such you, a great room. Yeah. You should have him on your show. I'm just saying, on your podcast. Absolutely. I'm putting it out there right now. Come on the show. <laughs> I'll have you. I'm here. Uh, number five, what was your favorite concert you've ever been to? My favorite concert was Tori Amos. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. I think I cried twice. She's just, there's something about that woman that, unlike anyone else I've ever seen, where she just stops and sings and plays, and like the whole room is just eyes on her. It just like grabs you. Um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Your um your pretty good year cover is pretty amazing. I got to say. Thank um, you. I I am a big I am a big, uh, a big uh, Tory fan, but it's re- but it's a very weird specific thing in that um I just need her and a piano. I don't need anything else um yeah. because she's just so perfectly raw and um that's mm. like some of my favorite stuff in the world is just yeah. like I really I I really just want like like Rick Rubin to sit down with her and be like, we're making an album and it's just you and this piano and let's make it happen. You know, like strip it down. Um, I hear you. I, when I saw her, I think she she had two pianos and she was just kind of face forward, right arm on one left arm on the other and just boom, boom, boom. I was like, Oh my God, girl. Yes. uh, I'm seeing her in May too. So I'm very cool. Very cool. I, uh, I, I, I sent a request out to her people to have her on the show, but, they never replied. <gasps> oh. <laughs> you know, you got to shoot your shots, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I also at one point uh, put a request out to get Will Smith on the show and he, he and they didn't get back to me. But now maybe I feel like there might be an opening. Uh, <laughs> you might have a chance. You might have a shot. <laughs> Some things have changed since I sent that email. So maybe I should try again. Uh, number six. Who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Hmm. God, there's so many. Um, my first thought was Brandy Carlisle. I haven't seen her um, live, but then Joni Mitchell is like really the ultimate. I mean, oh God, yeah. And then there's Brandy Carlisle covering Joni covering Mitchell. Joni she did like Mitchell. the whole the, the whole concert. But yeah, I, one of the two of them. I like you know. Yeah, sure. we we saw Brandy. God, maybe three years ago um, at. Um, what was the BB&T? I don't know what we're calling it now. The Waterfront Pavilion, maybe, I think, used to be the E-Center. They've changed the name of that more than um, I've changed socks. But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, she was absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And I just want to see her in a smaller room because, like, we were in the lawn and it was still fantastic. Like, and, and it even felt intimate from back then or from back there. But, like, I need to I need to find, like, a good small yeah. room to see her play in. She's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John. Name something you wish had uh, a little more shine to it. An unappreciated John. 
the first thing that came to mind was Esperanza Spalding. I really love her and her music is super quirky. She's on the 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 last the latest album that Robert Glasper just released, Black Radio 3. Amazing, but I also love her album Emily's D Plus Evolution. Mm. And I just I think she's awesome and like doesn't get enough credit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? So I don't know if you've heard of the artist Sohn, S-O-H-N. No. Um, yeah, a lot of people haven't heard of him. He he has an album called Renin. Um, also, that was an amazing concert seeing him. Uh, it's perfection. It's beautiful. I love it. That's uh, that's also going to have to go on the list of things I'm checking out after this podcast. Like, I'm, yeah, very, I'm, uh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say very dark, minimal, but his voice is like perfection, pure soaring over like these experimental sounds. And it's, it's great. Yeah. That's cool. I love it. Uh, Number nine, name an artist whose output you will consume anything they put out, even if you have to be apologetic for it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I could repeat people I've mentioned, but there's so many, I'm going to say someone new. And I and I don't have to apologize. Emily King, I love Emily King, and yeah. she's awesome. I'm proud to say that. <laughs> That's fantastic! What a great answer! What a great answer! Number ten, what is your favorite John of all time? Again, could be anything you wanted to be music or e, favorite John of all time. I, I it's such a hard one. It's I'm, I'm like making this like the most important decision of my entire life yeah, right. um but i mean like amy winehouse is a big influence for me and um like she's just sort of my go-to for everything i would say she's she's probably the top yeah me. yeah you know um every once in a while i'll go back and listen to um there was um everybody makes fun of me for this because i'm uh uh, one of those guys who's like nah the albums are good but if you go find this b-side you know stuff like that but um there's um there's this and i when i dj weddings i always play it um and i think it was like a napster live performance or something like that so specific (laughs) um but it's just her and a guitar doing um to know him is to love him and it's yeah. the most beautiful sounding thing in the world. And I and I think that when people talk about her, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, people kind of focus on kind of the retro sound and stuff like that. And like the kind of Mark yeah. Ronson of it all or whatnot. But at its core, her voice was yeah. something absolutely spectacular. That's yeah. Like like I, when I almost I almost didn't want to say her as my answer just because I'm I cover so many of her songs that it's like i'm almost getting sick of them you know but 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 when i really like what what you said like when you when you really go back and listen it's like the songs are great but it's not even about the songs like her her voice is so expressive in a way that just like like get like just eats your heart like just takes your soul and i mean it's just it's it's so beautiful yeah yeah she she was great she was absolutely great so so what's next on the horizon i you said you were working on a music video for losing my mind um but uh, any live shows or anything like that coming up um i do have a live show under the moon cafe it's in lambertville new jersey i have i have those like every few months but i have one april 22nd um and then um 
aside from those, I'm mostly just putting together the live show before I go out and set yeah. them all up. So I, I mean, I hope to do like a so far sounds maybe in like the summer or something, um, or and I hope to maybe get a full band show going eventually. But I've got, I've got a couple new songs in the works, and then I want to take all of them and like get a real like solid arrangement that I love for live show before I do all that. So yeah, very cool. Do you do you record everything at home? Uh, do you? Uh... Or, yeah, yeah, I record everything at home, um, and then that makes it hard sometimes because then I turn it into live show material after. I'm like, yeah. wait, how do I do this? I need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's wild. That's absolutely wild because, I mean, like, it's it sounds phenomenal and it sounds, you know, as, as professional as it can be. Like, uh, you do really, really incredible work. Um, Thank you. I absolutely appreciate the stuff you've been putting out. Like it's, uh, like I said, um, uh, you know, not just not just this, you know, sound that you've you've found, but even the early stuff was just really, really good. Um, you definitely have a skill and a talent, and uh, I, I'm you. glad I'm glad I'm glad you have shared it with the world and shared it with me. Um, if these good people listening to the show would like to find you on the internet, what's the best way to track you down? Um, I mostly use Instagram and, um, you know, I'm on all the, the streaming services too. And then, uh, Patreon. Yeah. It's the other way. So yeah, most of my things are at Liam Menneker. So you can find me that way. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I will, uh, I will share those links, um, as well for anybody who, uh, tracks this down on the website. And I know there's a few of you who still use websites, even though everybody tells me websites are antiquated. I, uh, I, uh, still have one. I still update it. Uh, what do they use instead I, of a website? Everybody, they, they, they just tell me that like, uh, the, the, uh, SEO of the podcast itself should work. And I'm like, nah, it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. Oh. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um though uh you know the, it's not hurting listeners to to put it up. So that's uh, Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just like doing it. it for myself. Who cares? I don't know. I like <laughs> it. I like websites. <laughs> yeah, well, good. I'm glad there's other people. You know, yeah, no, social socials and stuff like that. That's all everybody ever talks about. They're like, I guess if you want a website, just don't waste your time. And I'm like, waste my time. Mm. Like Do you know how long know. it took me to get a website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, so um, I just, you know, again, want to uh, thank you for coming on this show. And I want everyone to go check out um, all of your music specifically. But uh, Losing My Mind, the latest single, is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it does not disappoint. Um, so thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. How great was that? My thanks again to Leah for joining me on the podcast today. You can find Leah's latest single, Losing My Mind, on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, well, anywhere you stream music. And visit her website at www.leahmenneker.com. Follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, at Leah Menneker, And check out her Patreon page for exclusive tracks and videos. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you fashion yourself an overachiever and you want to earn yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world, you can do just that by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. I'm riding high on the energy you all bring. So don't be a stranger. Leave a comment. Hit me up. You know, I love this little community we have here and I am always down to chat. We got some more good stuff on the horizon. So I hope you stick around. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be... Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John.